Hey, hey, everybody. You're listening to the Over My Dad podcast with the do-gooder dads. Me, George Andriopoulos. And me, Dave Thompson. We got periodic guests, great conversations, and of course, some dad jokes here and there. Dads and non-dads, welcome to our movement towards nothing in particular. This is not a test. Repeat, this is not a test. Stay tuned for further instructions. Hey, hey, everybody! Can I? I can still use that intro, right? I I think that that's kind of trademark, right? Is it trademark for my other podcast? I'm still gonna do it. I think that you're allowed to say it. Hi, if George. you put Howard Stern on another radio show, he would still say "Hey now." So it's like that. Let's get ready to rumble, guy. Like you can't even say. Like I'm probably sued right now just by saying that. <laughs> it's incredible. What is happening? What's happening, buddy? How's it going, brother. Everything's good. Everything's cool. I'm tired. I'm tired, but I'm good. I'm stoked to be here. This is the, one of the highlights of my week, George. Yeah, me too, man. Guys, welcome to the Over My Dad podcast. As we as we fade out our our incredible '80s theme uh, theme song. Um, over my dad podcast episode five. So what is going on right now? We have officially released uh, last week, last Wednesday, we dropped our first four episodes uh, in our trailer, and I would say the reviews have been incredible from all three people that have listened to this. Right? Yeah, yeah. Every single person, neither of our wives, but both of us, and then I have one friend, and we all love it. <laughs> three people, and that's an interesting fact. Three people have listened. Neither of our wives have listened yet. <laughs> and I, I know I made this joke on social media the other day, but I have to I have to say it here too. My wife is so so we're both working from home right now remotely and she would normally be in the chair right next to me here. And she's making conversation. She's like, So uh I, I know you've been telling me to get into podcasts and stuff lately, and she's a big like true crime fan. We're big like law and order fans and stuff. And she's like, So I started listening to true crime podcasts. And I'm like, You have never listened to one episode of any of my podcasts, and you started listening to true crime podcasts first. I have I have two. <laughs> you have two one husband. Podcasts. <laughs> and your your entree that the same the same thing with my wife. Like she she she's in my field and I have a podcast about my field. And when it's convenient for her, like when she has like a master, she's in her master's program. She has like a, a you know, a, a report where she has to like use a YouTube video or something or like use a relevant Ted talk. Like, Oh, hi, I have one. She uses it, but she won't listen to my podcast about it. Like, I'm like, whatever, dude. Yeah. I guess, I guess it's funny because it's like, she gets enough of it at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're still amazing though. Right. No, yeah, that's why I told you to tell her to listen to my <laughs> podcast, and maybe that'll maybe that'll help. I'm contractually obligated to say she's amazing, by the way, at least once a show, even though she does not listen to this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's jump into it. How, how's everything with the move going, man? The, the preparations for the move. Everything's cool. Uh, th- there's there's a lot going on. I mean, between uh, uh, a lot going on at work, it's Autism Awareness Month. That always keeps me really busy. Uh, big restructuring at the company and then plus plus working and all the logistics. I mean, I never realized how crazy it was to move out of state. I never thought I would. But um, yeah, jokes aside, 
I'm just tired, but everything's everything's really cool. Um, I'm having a lot of fun in that HOA Facebook group. I'll have yeah. I'll have some more screenshots for you on that. Um, but I realized that if I'm gonna be neighborly, that they might end up adding me on Facebook, and then all my Facebook posts are, "Hey, listen <laughs> to the podcast," and then I'll, I won't be neighborly at all if they listen. So I don't know that that may have run its course. I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to figure it out. Yeah, I was thinking that, man. I'm like, this guy's getting nailed. <laughs> 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 they'll be like now i thought we were being neighborly by inviting you into our facebook group and then you go you went and told them that we're shooting our bow and arrows off the uh off the porch <laughs> yeah you you know what though you're you're, you're always going to be a true new yorker at heart even though you're going to nashville but th- that's the new york part of you is to to sit there and make fun of them on your podcast yeah i'm like oh i i, I wait that's a st- hang on that's a status hang on sir Hang on, that's a status. That's Did I ever tell you me. the guy? I know, I know. We we were going to get into some of this like whole uh, uh, culture shock thing uh, of going to other states. Did I ever tell you the the story of when I went up to Boston, well, the suburbs outside of Boston to visit friends? Um, we went up there like years ago. Man, it was like 12, 13 years ago, something like that. Or friends had like moved up there, and uh, like friends from high school, and and. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole gang got together and we went up there to go visit and we all went out to dinner uh, at Applebee's and the the waitress. A, fi- a fine local spot that they're really fine, proud of. They just had to take spot. you to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the waitress <laughs> was so overly nice and I was getting so goddamn pissed off mm-hmm. at just how nice she was. I, I don't know why this was a thing, but I was yeah. like every word she said was just aggravating me. And I look back afterwards and i was like she was nothing but nice and i wasn't i wasn't nasty you you automatically think that it's an ulterior motive i'm like what is this furniture salesman (laughs) over the phone trying to do she's trying to get with my wife or something like what's going on and 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 really it's just that we i've never left new york in my life so uh we'll, we'll see how it goes but anyway i'm really excited about today's episode because we said that we'd have periodic guests and i'd say one out of five is periodic right yeah for sure Considering we yeah. we jam recorded those in, in like a couple of weeks, the first four. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm really excited uh, to have someone who's a, a true professional about uh, being funny on the show. Yeah. It's going to be so killer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and before we bring them on, I want to play a little a little clip. So those of you that are watching on, on YouTube will really enjoy this. But I actually tested this out beforehand just to make sure that this plays on audio mm-hmm. too, and it totally does. There are some facial expressions that you have to watch uh, if you check out the YouTube video, which we'll, we'll probably share on social um, at some point in the coming weeks. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm super jazzed uh, to have uh, our, our guest on today because we called this the over my dad podcast and and the, the connotation mm-hmm. of the name was that it was going to be a little bit of a dad podcast it was going to be a little bit a little bit of a comedy podcast and we're we're doing our best we're not comedians but we're doing our best to <laughs> to do our things do some bits and stuff and and grow the show but it's never going to get funnier than when you have a a real life comedian on the show here so uh, our guest today his name is Key Lewis i'm going to play this quick clip and then we're going to get into the bio and bring him on here so Let's see if yeah, my this technology guy's works. This guy's incredible. I'm so stoked. Yeah, this this clip, by the way, this bit is called uh, speed dating. You're from Lake Nathan, right? Like... Oh, I'm Korean. Oh, oh, which north south? Um, south. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Jacqueline. Yes, Jacqueline. Um, my name's Vladimir. You have a lot of someone else hair. Yeah. It's good. Looks nice. 
What's his name? I'm Sally. Nice Hi. Nice to meet you, Sally. Hello. Nice to meet you. I'm going to cut to the chase. Um, I am older, obviously. I'm not a young How old man. Are you? I'm 40. 40, I yes, guess. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Oh, I have lipstick in my teeth. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, also, right here, a little bit of dirt booger here. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't actually have that. No, no. Nice try. No, no. No, I'm, I just looked in the mirror. Le, le, <laughs> let me tell you, Sally, I not lie. I'm very honest. I pride myself on honesty. You leave this table, you go to another table, you have booger. It's not good. There you go. Okay, now we. It's it's everything's <laughs> clear. No, it fell down. I see. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, good. Can I ask you a question? No. Oh, my God. Uh, what are your hobbies? Oh, I like to do a lot of things. I like to climb mountaintop and stab animals. Do you do Alona? I'm good. Do you have uh, a past negative? Do you go to jail? Anything uh, wrong? I go to jail oh, at a very young age for killing someone, and it was in self-defense somewhat. Like, right. And I just want everybody to know that I'm a good person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. You, yeah, so. you learn from every experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I don't know if... Uh, Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Well, it's nice meeting you. Take care. Very life. nice pleasure. meeting you. Yes, yes, good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mr. Key <Hello>. Lewis. That <laughs> was so filthy. <laughs> What's happening, guys? I, you know what? That, that, that's the way to start the show off. I'm just a, a raper. Wait. Wait, so you don't you don't talk you don't talk with that Eastern European accent? No, and at times I try. You never know what you're going to get, brother. Huh? I don't even know part. if that's what it is, if that's supposed to be what it is. I just I just I had a friend named Vladimir and he used to fix cars and and he he'd put cars together that wasn't even the same making models. He'd be a nineteen ninety-nine Mitsubishi Monte Carlo, you know what I mean? And they, 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 they talk like this, buddy. How are you doing, Keith? Good? Toasty. <laughs> So I, I just picked it up and then here we are. But yeah, that that that's a funny video, man. It, it is one of those ones where you got to kind of see the people's expression, but it's that's that's thanks for posting it. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, my favorite part of that was when you told her that she had a booger and she's like, "No, no, I don't have a booger." And you're like, "Oh no, it's okay. It fell. It fell." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very awkward. And, and the nuance, the nuance there for the listeners at home is that in between each line, Key is like doing this very weird, awkward tongue motion, and that's completely yeah. non-contextual, never explained. Just, oh, that is killer. It's, it's well, called. Well, it's called. It's called tongue Tourette's. It, I have no control <laughs> over it. it is, <laughs> so let me let me do the bio real quick. Key Lewis. Uh, Sacramento, California born Key Lewis is a high energy improvisational storytelling, multiple personality nutcase, according to his website. His love for the people and hunger for the stage is his underlying motivation. His comedic stories about his interracial, interracial childhood, family, and unusual views on relationships make Key simply a joy to watch. I can go on and on. I'm going to put all of the bio stuff along with your links in the show notes, man. But thank you so much for being here. We're, we're, we're so excited to have you. Hey, man, thanks for having me, fellas. And both of you guys are quite handsome. Uh, one of them is on the no hair team like myself. I can tell because you got the hat. And the other gentleman has such a nice beard and a beautiful, lavish hair. I don't really like him. So, George, you're an asshole, as far as I'm concerned, just yeah. solely based on how you look. You know? <laughs> I've, I've been telling I've been telling George if I if I had if I had hair and I'm never smiling when I say it if I had hair to be just like George's man it is, like it, is lav it is lavish isn't it lavish don't go don't go to prison you're gonna lose it 
and it's thick and, too. It's thick too with three C's. Oh, three C's, like, the, kid, like the kids are spelling now. Thick with three C's. That's how it is. Yeah, he, he uses Tresemme and all that fancy stuff. I do. I <laughs> use Tresemme hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my dad is my dad's seventy years old this year, and uh, you know, Greek off the boat, dude. He he he's like my my spitting image. So like every I look back at him at my ages. So I'm like I'm like in the family photo albums. At all right, when he was 41, this is what he looks like. This is probably what's gonna happen to me. Like every he has a full head of hair. He just started graying, like a couple of years ago. So I, I, I hey man, I, I'm hoping for some good stuff. Hey, Greek is hey, bro. The olives, the oil, the the look what y'all come from. Bro. Y'all gotta <laughs> y'all gotta stay. That's Hercules, wasn't he Greek? Was He's Hercules Greek. That's Greek? right. That's right. That's right. That's, That's right, my distant yeah. cousin. Those are my people. That's right. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So, so, um, guys, I I actually uh, saw Key Lewis on the Suki and Scott show. So, Sukanya Krishnan uh, was my guest on my other podcast, the Launchcast. Who she's going to be? Her episode's going live on April nineteenth. Cheap plug. Um, and after I interviewed her. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted to check out her, her Facebook live show with Scott Stanford and Key Lewis was the guest and I was in stitches in, in my chair and I'm like, I got to contact this dude and get him on, on <laughs> over my dad podcast. So <laughs> man, we're, we're you so know, psyched to have you. Hey, what's crazy, man, is up until, cause I'm, I'm pro stand up like in front of people and it's very difficult for me right. to figure out how your comedy transcends over this digital world, right? Because yeah. I'm not getting any response, but I've kind of learned it with the with the, the earplugs and you can hear, mm -hmm. and there is not that much of a delay. Like it's pretty spot on. And if I slow down and just wait for it and then just take my time, it kind of works. So they, they were awesome. They did a great job of interviewing. We had a good time and it was a good, good, well-received uh, show. So and and you're and you're used to you've been in the stand up game for a long time, right? And I watched you on a dry bar comedy thing. It's got half a million views on YouTube. You're, oh you know, yeah, no joke. Yeah. So you're used to performing in front of tons of people, right? So I guess lately has been a, yeah. a big change for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, I I did uh, this thing uh, for the Laugh Factory um, not too many weeks ago, and it was weird because the crowd's there and they respond. It's a slight delay, but it's enough to where you kind of get some self esteem because. When, when no one's laughing, it feels like a stripper on stage with no money. Do you understand what I mean? Like nobody's throwing her a dollar. <laughs> That's how you yeah. feel when you don't get laughs. That's exactly. Yeah, every, every, every crowd's a, t a tough crowd with a podcast. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's oh, difficult. Man. Yeah. So, but it's, so it's a, I'm, I'm curious how, uh, you know, cause I have so many questions for you, but how did you initially get into comedy? Cause I, I'm, I, I see your comedy and I'm like, I wonder if this was the guy that just wanted this since he was like six years old or, or was this like a, a guy that was like a neuroscientist that one day was like, you know what? Screw this. I want, I want to drop everything and just become a stand up comedian. Well, initially you guys, I was really, really like pushed into medicine and, I have this huge appreciation for females and I was looking at being a gynecologist <laughs> and that didn't work out. So I said, you know what? After I got out of the Navy, I was going to be a stand-up comic. And that's pretty much how it worked out, guys. I served my country. I had a little bit of heartache from not being able to be the doctor that I wanted to be uh, in gynecology. And here I am. And that's the, the gist of it. But 
to be to be for real, like I think I carried stand up in me from like day one. I'm one of those classic people that was listening to the Richard Pryor albums and the Fred, you know, not, not Fred Sanford, but um, Red Fox uh, when I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be. You know, my dad had uh, Delirious on a, a VHS tape, but he also had like The Devil and Mrs. Jones and like Peter North's original film, like stuff that I wasn't supposed to be watching, but I'd somehow get past the, the comedy and watch like the first three minutes and then I'd get scared because, you know, you're not supposed to be watching porn when you're 10. But <laughs> that stuff, that stuff intrigued me because I was so interested in the fact that these people controlled a room of thousands of people and they laughed. And that energy that came from those those videos was just like, that's what I want to do. And that's pretty much how it all started. Yeah, some of the names that I've seen that you worked with, man. I mean, this is like I'm I'm a such a fan of of the the business of stand up comedy, right? Like just hearing from from real comedians, like what that whole uh, journey is like and everything like that. And I've seen the names you've worked with, and it's like this is the comedy that I I listened to growing up, right? Like right, Paul Mooney, right. you you worked with uh, Cat Williams, Tommy Davidson. I mean, man, Paul Mooney. Like, wh- when did you work with Paul Mooney? I'm a, I'm gonna tell you something about Paul Mooney. Paul Paul Mooney is so necessary, and I can't speak for mm-hmm. how people perceive him or the things he's done in the past. But just what he's done and what he's been a part of is just unbelievable. I was in the green room because Paul comes to the show when he wants to. Like he don't care. He's I'm gonna show up when I want to. Like he he doesn't <laughs> care about your feelings. He's gonna get paid. <laughs> And if you're if you're an act on his show, like be prepared to do an hour because he'll just pop in when he feels comfortable. And it is what it is. And uh, we were in a green room at the Punchline in Sacramento. I got off stage and, you know, you always want some type of recognition, especially from somebody of that statue. And he I come in there and he he, he heard the laughs because I had a good set. He's like, so what's your funny? He goes, but you ain't saying it. <laughs> and that was. <laughs> He, that was my introduction to Paul Mooney and it changed my life because I understood what he was talking about. Like, it's easy to be funny, but what are you saying? Yeah. You know, is there some depth? Is there some culture? Is there some, some learning? And, and uh, I had the, the rah, rah, rah. And, you know, people, mm-hmm. oh, they laugh, but what was I saying? And, and, and it was, it was a, a monumental moment in my stand-up comedy. Bad I feel dude, like that's man. a, Oh my that, god. That's a that's a, that's something that I've noticed before is that the, the comedians that are truly legends and, and have longevity yeah. are the ones that are doing something doing besides something. just making yeah. people laugh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. Carlin Carlin and you know, like yeah. as as opposed to like I'm not gonna trash talk anybody, but like people that are just like frat comedy that are just like <laughs> you know, like and then there's no message. It's not going to, it's not going to last. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so, not a shot at them because there yeah. some people that's their their art form and that's what they love and i i never mm-hmm. criticize anybody for doing what they do to you know to 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 share themselves but you're absolutely right at some point there has to be something that either makes someone walk away or makes them stay and mm-hmm. you got to get onto that bone sometimes with some reality and it's also a learning process because people may not have known until they heard it come out of your mouth so you're doing a service you know uh, and that's that's the reality of it. So, yep. Yeah, what, Paul's incredible. What, when yeah, Paul. I, I mean, I, it's so funny because I I knew of Paul um, early on, but when I had seen all the stuff that he had done on Chappelle's show, 
Mm-hmm. I was oh, like, yeah. I was hooked, and I started looking up all his old stuff. And I was a big like Pryor fan and Eddie Murphy right, fan. Right, 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 right. I just heard an incredible interview a few weeks ago. Uh, Arsenio was on um, on Howard Stern, and he was telling stories about Pryor, like when he was sick later on in life, and and they still hung together. Oh, man, I love hearing that kind of stuff, man. So any 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 deep dark comedy stories that you have, I would love to hear from you, man. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's some. <laughs> I, I gotta wait till I get a little bit more celebrity to relinquish some of these stories because I I have some dirt because it's I shouldn't say that it's dirt. It's just real world. Like I I have watched probably this and this is this is a top five comic of all time. I mm-hmm. walked in backstage into a laundry closet and this individual was taking a hit of cocaine while having a woman do a naughty on him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I can't say who it was, but they know who they were, you know. But it's like stuff like that. They're, prob- I, they're probably would... they're probably listening. They're probably listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. here's the thing: those three. <laughs> he he might be one of those three. You never know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I saw your I saw your eyes glaze over a little bit when George asked you to think about some deep dark comedy stories. You're just like brought off into oh, another man. another. <laughs> You've seen yeah, some things. It's, it's, yeah. some, it's, some, it's, it's a crazy world, but I would not change any of the experiences. I've learned a lot. Uh, it's a close-knit group. Um, you have to be careful and cautious of how you move um, because everyone is, is, is really trust their team. And if you're an outsider and you're trying to become part of the team, you, you have to be a, a, a humble, trustworthy, real individual. And, um, you know, I, I my biggest issue is that uh, I'm my own man, and and sometimes it's difficult for me to kind of, um, not give it a hundred, um, because that's what I was always told to do. You attack that stage to the maximum, and but at the same time, it's not like it's you're not trying to be funny. But I I'm just I'm I'm gonna get it how I can get it, and me being me and doing what I do is what I'm gonna do. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that, man. I love it. Yeah. Um, this is this is what I, I, I love about your comedy, man. I, I've watched so much of your stuff in the last few days, um, but I read some interviews that you had done, um, and, and this quote really caught me. You said, uh, I used to sneak and watch the Eddie Murphy Delirious VHS tape and old prior albums. It calls to you. I am miserable without comedy. That's right. So you can imagine how 2020 was uh for not just myself but a bunch of stand-up because there's guys that took their lives you yeah. know and, and that's no laughing matter but they would rather do comedy than be without and to be without would be they'd rather be gone and that says something about how important it is for a crowd to fill into a room because watching it on a screen and and, and your phone doesn't do it justice you got to be there not necessarily just for yourself but for them because it's it's a it's a weird group man uh, uh, so many guys, you think that they have, you know, this monster self-esteem and, you know, they're just on top of the world, but there's pain behind these stories and the things that they show you. And for me, I, I had a pretty good life. Uh, I had a little bit of craziness, but nothing too, too terrible, but I just love making people laugh. That's my whole thing. I, like I get such a joy out of just sharing a story and talking a little bit of shit. And then if you if you piss yourself or shit on yourself, that's a bonus. Like you, you understand? Like that is a bonus. Like, could you imagine giving somebody a seizure? You know how good of a job you did as a comic, and somebody's like, "Stop! I'm dying." 
And you're like, I'm killing my, that bitch. My, <laughs> my, my, my job here is my job here is done. Being a doctor didn't work out. So I'll just go the other way with it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, that, but that, but that said, like, so with the, with the, obviously the, the pandemic going on and everything, you've had to, to pivot, right? Obviously you've spent some more time at home with your family, right? Have you, has, has that been oh. weird? Cause you probably spent a lot of time on the road, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that's that's part of the game, and I, I love getting on the road. I love touching stages in, in awkward places and going places where you you wouldn't even expect stand up to be at. Um, but I I will tell you that there is a level of closeness, and this is a father talking to two other fathers. Uh, the opportunity I had to spend with my family this last year uh, was actually pretty good because uh, you're always chasing something, right? You're 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 gone 11, 12, 13 hours a day. Sometimes I don't know what you guys' professional lives are. But for me to slow down and get to really uh, understand why I don't like one of my children was phenomenal. I mean, <laughs> I, I learned in those 12 months that that my 12 year old is a complete ass. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I bonded with her uh, and, I, and we worked out some things, but I'm here in 2021 <laughs> and she's still an ass. Mm-hmm. But. I love the fact that I got to spend time with my own little personal during that and, time. And you, if that makes you got, that you, makes got to, you got to figure it out. Yeah, you got to figure yeah, it out. No, finally. No. Pinpoint, pin, pinpoint exactly what's wrong, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She doesn't like me. I don't like her. That's what's wrong. That's just our relationship. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, if if a freight train was coming and she had her headphones on, I would pause for a second before <laughs> I knocked her out of harm's way. I'm. Let me just savor this moment. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I and you know what? It's funny. All jokes aside, you guys, and I'm I'm being serious. Like, it was kind of cool to slow down. Like, mm-hmm. I can joke and pretend, and everybody gets problems. And I love my baby unconditionally, even though she's my my problem child, so to speak. But she's just like me, and that's the biggest issue, right? I mean, you you always have problems with with someone when they're asking, just like you are. And uh, mm-hmm. but man, to spend time with my wife and my both my daughters and and um, just to really slow down was kind of not all bad. You know, I, I missed the stage. I missed stand up for, for sure, for sure. But I, I tried to find a good in it. I spent a lot of, we did some road trips, we drive, we'd go places, you know what I mean? And things that I wouldn't have been allowed to do, uh, you know, during regular life. And uh, I, I, t- I made the best out of it, you know. No, I, I, I love that. And, and, and I'm going to use some of that. So I had the same experience, right? Like this past year, I have two, two older ones. Um, and we actually spent most of the pandemic. My wife was pregnant and, and we just had our, uh, another little daughter, uh, eight months ago. Put, put it in, put it in there. Greek goddess. That's right. Go ahead, George. <laughs> got babies everywhere. I like it. <laughs> but but the funny the funniest part is right when everything got super simple. We we enjoyed and I know a lot of people went through a lot of a lot of this uh, this mm-hmm. last year and and you know loss of of family and loss of income and stuff like that and I, I completely right. get that and appreciate it. But you know for for my family man it was just an opportunity to just get closer. We really enjoyed yeah. it. But the best part is that like when we go back to the life of like my my wife is. Uh, uh, very thrifty, like she doesn't like to spend a lot, but certain places she does. Like when we go on vacation, it's like, no, no, we got to fly first class and and this and that. So I'm going to bring up, you remember when we went to a drive-in movie in the parking lot of an Italian restaurant and had meatball 
Parm Heroes, and that was our night out, and you were happy with that? I just want you to remember that mm-hmm. when we're spending like $7,000 on first-class plane tickets next time. <laughs> That's hey, true. Besi- besides the besides the, 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 the time that we spent, it proved a lot of stuff, including the fact that we don't need a lot of the stuff that we have. You know? Like, yeah. we don't need a lot of the... It's it's crazy. It simplifies stuff. Mm, yeah. What was that like? What was that like for you? So you have three. You have three kids. Three three daughters. Yeah, I got two granddaughters. My oldest daughter, she's twenty seven. She's got two two little ones. So it's expanding. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you could, as tragic as it was, and I and I I wish that more people would have had resources to to kind of make their lives a little better. Fortunately, mm-hmm. I, I had the ability to do some things that, you know, you have your own business, you can, you were able to, to maneuver, right? Uh, but you're absolutely right, uh, George, when you talk about the simplicity of going through a drive-through, like I literally made it, it date night. Like after about the third week, I was like, okay, this is not going away. Let me figure out how to be romantic. So for you to go to a drive-through, Right. And then go behind a abandoned Kmart and get it in. Like that is date night. There is you, nothing you, cheaper you, and you more told, efficient. You told him, George? You told him about that, George? I saw I saw a social media post from Key that I think was that night probably. That's probably was. That was it. And it was it was phenomenal. You There's were a little no tipsy. Hey, I was. And, but but let's let's yeah, that that we we that the shot thing, I got a lot of slack over that. Uh, but <laughs> I parked, I parked the car once the alcohol actually kicked in. And just so you guys know, there's security guards, uh, walking around abandoned Kmart. So I don't know what they got <laughs> inside the Kmart that requires a security guard, but they caught us and, and it didn't matter. Cause I was done. That was about 11 strokes. I wrapped it up, but that's besides <laughs> the point. I made that Kmart, made that Kmart a Kmart. Am I right? I that. That's exactly what it was. It was a Kmart. <laughs> Oh man, eleven strokes! I bet you make your dad proud, Keith. Oh, he is. Hey, man, he's a seven-stroke genius. And for me to do eleven, that's craps. You know what I'm saying? Seven eleven. That's. So, so where where do you where do you get the inspiration for all this stuff, man? I mean, is it just like day to day with your family, or, or what is it? You know, I, I'm a situational comic, and and what that means for me, I kind of made that up. Things have to happen. Situations, life has to happen for me to be able to talk about it, whether it's an observation I make on a television or radio or just an interaction with someone. Uh, that's what intrigues me. Um, so sitting down and joke writing is, as I know that that's something I need to definitely improve at, it's just not necessarily something that I like. Uh, as far as someone that pushed me and, and really kind of made me say this is what I wanted to do. And I talked about it with Suki. It was was uh, Dale Van Dyke. And this guy was like, I remember walking outside Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento. And I was like, man, I really want to take this class. And he was like, he looked at me, put his hand on my shoulder and he said, come back. And I was like, all right. So I came back three times and finally I got the cojones to go up on stage and do three minutes. And that was it. It changed my life. I was like, this is it. Uh, this is what I got to do. And uh, the rest is history. And I still have so much growing. I, I'm, I'm barely scratching the surface. I started really late in life. Uh, obviously, I spent time in the service and um, I didn't get to make an, a commitment to stand up uh, like I wanted to. But I think it was also easier because I had a little bit of life. So I was able to talk about things and share stories and and live a little bit. So I was actually on stage talking about something per se. But uh, I'm going to tell you something, man, like until the wheels fall off, until I'm under the dirt, 
this is always going to be a part of my life. And if you have a dream or you have something that you're sitting on and you're like contemplating, you can't do that. You got to go for it. You got to make it because so you'll die miserable, you know, and, and I don't want to do that. My wife knows it too. I'd rather lose about 30 or 40 grand a year and chase this dream. And hell, we don't, I'm going to die broke anyways. I don't care. Like, who? I mean, I, okay, I'm going to have a little bit of money. But the, the fact of the matter is I got to do this. Otherwise, I feel like shit. Yeah, you know? that's so true. That's so true. So yeah. many times in my life, I've regretted not doing the thing that I wanted to do before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if that's comedy for you. When I was a kid, I wanted to be, I wanted to do karate. But the kids in my class had purple belts already. And I was like, I'm too old already. And I was only in uh. second grade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never started. And now I'm on my yellow belt. Hey, man, look, you Kung Fu your ass off. You understand me? I don't everybody, care. Was, everybody was Kung Fu fighting except for me. 52 with a, if you're 52 with a purple belt, doesn't matter. You got a belt on, okay? You get it cracking. Can I, can I use your daughter's own sound effect on your, yeah, on yeah, your yeah, yeah. story? Please, please, when we're disappointed. <laughs> my 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 three and a half year old's been womp womp womping me at home, and I didn't teach him. Wow. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Hilarious. so you know you you uh, I've heard your act before, and and Dave mentioned it before. Um, uh, I watched the inappropriate dad jokes special uh, from Dry Bar. It was amazing. You guys have to check it out on YouTube. I'll, I'll post the link on the show notes. Um, how does your you talk a lot about family, which I love, man. How does your family feel about being part of your act? I think they just have grown accustomed to it. Uh, it's it's what I'm around. I think people are intrigued by your life. So you share because everybody has a family. Everybody has an auntie or uncle or a daughter or a wife or, you know, someone that they, that they can somehow relate to. And it doesn't matter what age you are. I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I mean, my, my daughters, they just expect it at this point. Like every boyfriend that's ever come over. Like I give them the third, oh. like I, I should have, I, I wish that I would have recorded all these interactions because you think Marla, when, 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 um, when you watch bad boys, I was just going like to say that's one, like I've overstepped boundary, like way beyond that. Like I've, I've pulled people aside and be like, uh, you're listen, are you paying attention to what I'm about to tell you? <laughs> if you want your life, and your penis, like I'm in, I, I'm. I, you, are you paying attention to what I'm telling you right now? You would not touch my daughter. Like I'm, 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 up, I'm giving you a fair warning. Ha ha ha! Like that type <laughs> of sinister type of conversation with these young boys, and they're like, "Is your dad serious?" And like, yeah, I, I, I'm dead serious because this is my most precious thing, and I'm giving her to you to go somewhere with. And I know how men are, so why wouldn't I have a conversation with you about real life, like? What am I supposed to do? Hey, have a good time. Here's a condom. No, I, I, I don't want you nowhere near her vaginal region at all. Not a little bit. Uh, you guys I understand? My, I thought my father-in-law was intimidating. I would not. I'm just like oh, cringing, dude. thinking about you being in that, right. that figure before, in my life. Before I'm, you, I'm even... like, man, I, I, you see, y'all got to understand too. Like, I, I'm, 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 I'm mixed, bro. So I was raised by my father. And I, I grew up in an area and a neighborhood where we wasn't necessarily always friendly. So I'm, I can turn it on real quick. Like, hey, man, mm -hmm. you got a problem, partner? Like, I don't care about your family life. This is my baby. I'll beat your ass. Like, it goes to that level. Like, 
and and, and it, I'm gonna get my smile back so everybody thinks I'm nice again. And I, but that's not the image I want to portray. Okay, but when it comes to these little boys and my daughters, like I'm not playing, man. And I'm I'm respectful, but I do bring up things like, do you smoke weed? Are you are you? I talk in a few minutes. I try to put a little bit of myself on that individual so they're thinking about what they're doing when they're with my baby. And if they do that and they and and they're respectful to me, I'll embrace them and I'll give them a chance. But if they're abrasive and they can't take it, then I don't want nothing to do with them. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because you should understand and you should have a father that is that that told you or a mother that said, "Hey, listen, that that daughter right there at the end or in front or around somewhere, there's a father." that cares about her way more than you care about getting in her pants. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like, and I know we got a little serious, but that's the reality. So all these little boys that come over here, I'd be like, she got herpes. She got bumps. She got <laughs> vaginal dryness. Like I'll make up all types of shit, shit. Hair on her back. She got a mustache, but she, she did. She was born with a mustache and hair on her back, but, but she, she waxes. So it's, <laughs> Man, I I got a thirteen, I got an almost thirteen year old and an and an almost one year old, so <laughs> I'm in for it. <laughs> yeah, the thirteen year old. But you know what, though, guys, honestly, uh, th- this is the biggest thing, especially with like I don't care what nobody says. If you talk to your kids and you communicate with them, and they love you, they're not going to want to disappoint you. Yeah, like uh, girls, boys, it doesn't matter. It's I think it's it's the inability to communicate with your kids and not spend time with them that gets them lost. And that's a reality. You know what I mean? I, I I was afraid of my father. So that's what kept me kind of on the straight and narrow, but at least he was there to put that fear in my ass. And I needed it because I was wild and with girls and, 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 and so much right now, the world, look at the world. You got so much information. So many people can reach out to you. You got mm-hmm. all these social media, these apps. I mean, it's like just, ugh. And, uh, but I think I put just enough into them where they, they know, okay, I love my dad enough. And I'll be like, don't do, what would, what would dad say about what you're about to do? I just try to put that guilt trip on him. You know what I mean? When you're sitting there with somebody and he's talking about, can I rub your back? What would my dad feel? How would my dad feel about this (laughs) back rubbing? You know? (laughs) The worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with you, man. I, I have that same sort of relationship with my older daughter where, and she's just getting to that age, but you know, at when, when they were getting to that age where they started to get their own interests and stuff like that, this is different than like when, when we were younger, right? Like when we were younger, like the parents were like, Hey, you got to play sports and you got this and that. And like, whatever it took to be cool. And I'm like the opposite. Like when my daughter was like, dad, I think I like theater and stuff. I'm like, go. Yeah, absolutely. Please. My son's like, oh, yeah. oh, I want to play baseball. I want to play football. I'm like, you sure you don't want to try chess or something? Maybe video games, you know? Like, yeah. Just keep them locked up. Yeah. My daughter was, was a dancer or she still is a dancer. Uh, Kylie, my middle child, she's my little hippie. And I don't want the hippie people of the world coming at me saying, ah, you're talking about hippies. Like, no, she's, she likes those little rocks and stones and she's into like mm-hmm. colors and she's, she's a, she's already sampled the, the chronic, which is, was tough for me. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> you mean the Dr. Dre album? You mean the Dr. Dre album, right? <laughs> yes. The, the album. But, <laughs> but, and I'm like, I'm like, I never did that. And I'm like, who, what asshole? Like, but the, here's the thing guys, do I cut her off and not communicate or do I educate her on what, is good or bad about what she's doing. Like I have to, cause we were all there. 
I remember yeah. being in eighth grade. I, 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 somebody bent up a Pepsi can and put the worst weed possible in a can and poked a hole in it. And I, I was riding my bike and I just rode right into the curb full <laughs> speed because I was so high looking like, you, you know what I mean? I, so how can I criticize her when I did the same stuff? Like, you, you know, and, uh, but I still talk to her and I still communicate with her. And, uh, that's the biggest thing, man. Hands down, just talk to them. Yeah, you think um, you think that that's an effective approach, right? To just be re to 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 just be re. I mean, I I think that it's the only way that you could be as a person. But you think yeah, that ha yeah. having those conversations is is the best way to go. You're going to get the best reaction, right? Yeah, I mean, forewarned is fair game. Is that is that the right way to say it? Like, if why would I be quiet and not educate and then be upset right. after they do something they don't know nothing about? Uh, so many fathers have made that mistake when you don't talk to your kids about the realities of sex and STDs and then they come home with a baby and you're like, what are you doing? I, I raised you better than this. You never say to your kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, yeah. you never communicated. You never said anything. You didn't say enough to, to, to leave an impression or to, to have them say, you know, what would my dad think? And, and that's, that's a reality. And I don't have the recipe. I'm not perfect. Hell, they make mistakes. I mean, I, it's a continual thing, but it ain't, it's not because I'm not there giving them the advice or being a part of their life, you know, because there's times I, 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 I want to jab them, but I know I'll get in trouble, you know, and that's not the right way to go about it. Cause I used to get jabbed, but they, my babies. And, uh, I don't want to hit, I can't hit. Why, why that's, isn't that weird? Like you could hit your kids. Like you can't just go out on the street and be at work. Well, you're not supposed to hit your kid. I guess that's not. It's it's, it's frowned upon. <laughs> it's frowned you're not upon. Supposed right. to hit it's frowned upon. But it, if you hit them enough, to increasingly where, so. If you hit them enough to where they're unconscious, they're not gonna remember who hit them. They just gotta know <laughs> that they said some shit, and when they said it, they was unconscious. That's gonna be their only memory. So they'll figure that. Shit out. <laughs> Do you, I, I have a, I have a, I have a question, Keith. Do your kids think you're funny, and and are you funny on purpose at home, or like do you come in like and like button things up when you're home because you're funny all day? You know what, guys? I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, I think there's a part of me that separates the stand up from real life. Mm -hmm. I think I say things, I do things. We shoot little silly videos together, but at the same time. I don't want them to look at me as just a joke because right. if it was always fun and games, then when I do press them with some reality, they're going to be like, is he just kidding? And that's happened because you, you know, I, I, I won't say I'm the cool dad, but I'm definitely a little bit more understanding of certain things because I see the world through so many people. Like I, I visit so many places. I talk to so many people from all different age variations, from all different ethnicities. So I hear and see things and I understand all that's pulling these kids just in having conversations with them. And uh, I, I, I think I'm definitely funny and, and they appreciate me. I think sometimes my topics may be a little bit out of their genre, yeah. but they, they love the mm -hmm. fact that I'm happy doing what I do, you know, so it makes them happy as well. Yeah, and 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 all you can hope for, honestly, it's the same with my family. Like, I'll just be cheeseball when I'm when I'm home because that's 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 what I want them to remember. If they can think yeah. back years from now and just go, "Man, he mm -hmm. always worked to make me smile." And you know, when it gets serious, it gets serious. But um, yeah, 
it's it's just always about making them smile and laugh and just not you know taking things too seriously and if th- if that's the memory I leave them with, I'm happy with that. And you know, George, I'm I'm so glad you said that because I think that what you just said is so important as well because sometimes we get so caught up in the discipline side we forget to have fun. And that's the one problem I have with my daughter is the recognition for when she's doing something good versus when she's doing something bad has to outweigh the bad. Like, you know what I'm saying, guys? Like, I can't just be like, ah. And I, I think because we have this little bit of animosity towards one another. And, and I appreciate you for making that statement because it it's it makes it a lot lighter. And I don't want to just be the 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 disciplinary. And I, I want to be fun. And, that, and that's that's awesome. And I learned something. And I hope those other three people that are watching this amazing podcast take away that information as well. Because before now, you gotta you gotta have fun. You gotta have fun. And business is business, but that's 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 a t-shirt, man. Yeah. You know, you need to put that put that together. Let's call our secretary, sure. Dave. Make yeah, it yeah, that was yeah, good. That's good. I'm gonna leave. It, I'm gonna leave here with some good information. I can't. Do you can't have let, any? Do you? Good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I said, I can't let you go without asking about your dad. I, you, I've, I've heard you talk about him. Um, you, you said you were raised by your dad. And what, what kind of knowledge did he impart on you and, and you know, to, to turn you into the man that you are today? My father was a bipolar, paranoid, schizophrenic, aspiring, Black Panther, movement pimp. Now, mm-hmm. when you're all of these things, you're not going to teach your kids stuff conventionally because you don't know what conventional is as an individual. Are you a bipolar, paranoid, schizophrenic, aspiring, Black Panther, movement pimp? Like, he he was not, and I want to make this clear, like, when I say aspiring Black Panther movement member, like, I'm pretty sure when he showed up to the meeting with me, they had some questions. They was like, who is this little half-Black, half-White, Mexican-looking individual you have brought to our meeting, Brother Lewis Genesis? <laughs> saying, like, you made a mistake. <laughs> you did something wrong. And now you got this little caramel baby. Like, what the hell? Uh, but he he was, you guys, and, and I, I, I got to put together like sound bites and just, because I got some stuff from my father. He was the realest person that you could possibly meet, but he had obviously a mental illness. Multiple mental illnesses diagnosed clinically, right? But- yeah. He is by far the greatest individual because his knowledge and his teachings, as weird as they may have been, they still transcend. And I'm I'm teaching people with his topics. Like he would talk to me like I was a grown man when I was six years old. Son, sit your ass down, babe. I'm telling you something about life. <laughs> I'm cooling the cucumber in the bottom of an ice chest. If a hoe don't blow, she got to go, go, go. Now, listen, fellas, that's probably not the greatest of information and it's a little bit blue for a six-year-old to hear about but mm-hmm. in his mind being a bipolar paranoid schizophrenic aspiring black panther movement pimp that was his reality and he would educate me with other things like relationship information like he would talk to me like son if you love a woman that's the woman you want to be with don't mess up your for show vagina trying to get some more vagina you end up with no vagina now <laughs> i don't know what better way to tell somebody not to cheat like <laughs> Do you guys understand that? Like, like Dave, like if you have a woman and she's amazing and you go out and do something you're not supposed to do, now you done lost your good woman trying to get a one that ain't worth nothing. Like that's a reality to me. And he just, sure these, these gems, and there's probably a better way to say it, 
but it it's it's the I, truth. I think that's a, I think that's a t-shirt. You said it fast, yeah. but it sounded really yeah. it, it sounded don't, really cool. Don't don't mess up your for show vagina trying to get some mo vagina. You end up with I'm no vagina. Write that down. Yeah, but he didn't say vagina, and I think that story was initially why I was intrigued by gynecology because he just <laughs> constantly talked about vaginas. He was a connoisseur, and and you guys, lastly, what my father said, and I, I talked about this because it means so much, especially in this climate that we somehow just keep being clouded by. Was he would say, "Judge no man or woman uncommon," and that's a simple group of words that means a whole lot, but somehow some way we still have individuals that can't adhere to it. Nobody at either end of this communication or in this global digital world had a choice about being here. Everybody was born from somebody. So how can you criticize or ridicule somebody that did not have a choice about their initial existence? You guys get that? Yep. My yeah. mom is white. My dad is black. Boop, 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 boop. Mexican. That's what the hell happened. I don't have a choice. You guys understand mm-hmm. that? I have nothing to do with this. And I, I pray that we'll get better as fathers and as teachers and as 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 women and and, and just the whole culture of people to uh, to aspire to be better individuals and that was his legacy man he really really felt regardless of being all those other things that was his his uh his common goal was just to be better at treating people so i love him for that amazing, amazing. I, I don't read bo- i don't read books but if you wrote one about your dad i would definitely get the audiobook <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been I I, I got a I I've been writing. I probably got about maybe 116 pages of just like the early childhood and and you know wow. the crazy part about it. I don't want I don't want people to feel sorry or be like oh he's a part of the the foster care. I don't want that because there's so many mm-hmm. people that have had it way worse than me because my story is part of that. I mean I I mean for you guys think about this okay. And I don't know if this is gonna make make the air uh but my mother is a white woman okay and i love everybody and i give everybody an a but the most hurtful thing for me to be an adult even at 48 years old is to try to understand regardless of what was wrong with her is why she didn't want me do you guys understand that why mm-hmm. and, th- and th- this is this is this is serious but you, there's going to be some funny there but at the same time, how selfish it is for me to ask that question when I know nothing about this woman. I just judged my own mother that was never a part of my life because that's what we typically do, right? But I can't. And when people do ignorant stuff and do dumb shit, if you can find the emotional intelligence to be like, you know what, it's not their fault. And I know it's hard because it's tough to not you know, respond and it's, it's hard having the emotional intelligence. And I've struggled that my whole life. I've lost jobs because someone said something to me stupid and I've reacted, right? But if you could find it in your heart to be like, you know what? It ain't their fault because somebody taught them that hate. Somebody taught him that bullshit yeah. or her that bullshit. And let's just give them a pass because somebody some way somehow will help them and maybe they'll be better. And if they're not, they're lost. It is what it is. But don't lose your own love and, and and good energy and wasted on somebody else's ignorance don't don't let somebody else's ignorance influence your own like that was another thing my father said which i think is so true like but just can you hold on to that shit you know but also uh don't do dumb shit and 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 it, you, being a, an individual that you say don't judge somebody don't walk your ass down a dark alley where you're not supposed to be at in the middle of the night hoping that somebody ain't gonna rob your ass like you got to be a little bit woke mm-hmm. you guys yeah. understand the just of it too like don't be ignorant and think that everybody is fantastic because that's not the world we live in uh so be conscious but also be understanding you know yeah so, that's amazing. it amazing 
Amazing, amazing. I, uh, Key, I love, so before we wrap up, I just want to say I love, um, I love how you bring the storytelling to the table, man, uh, wh- whether you're talking seriously or, or in your comedy. Um, Dave and I are both public speakers, you know, and, and so we know that as, as when you get up on a stage, no matter what the medium is, comedy or, or public speaking or whatever, it's a matter of storytelling to engage with people and reach with people. So Absolutely. I, I, love, I love that you do that. You said before you're a situational comedian, right? You, you have to experience right. situations. So um, I love that guys check out key Lewis. We're going to post all the links uh, on, on the show notes, the, the, the special and everything. What, what do you got going on coming up? You guys, you know what? I don't know. You guys are on the East coast. So I heard a little bit about it. Someone is in Tennessee. I'm, Our, I'm moving to I'm moving to Nashville in, in late May. Yeah. yeah, man, that's an awesome town, man. I, I'm gonna tell you, I've had some of the best times of my life in Tennessee. You're you're gonna have a ball there. Um, not to say that you didn't have a good time in New York, because New York is awesome mm-hmm. too. But Tennessee is a little bit crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. But for the folks that are listening, because uh, this shit's gonna blow up now. Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now. Once they found out you're Greek, uh, George, and and you're moving <laughs> to Tennessee, Dave, this is gonna be like wildfire. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be big. So you guys, uh, April 29th through, <laughs> you guys are awesome. April 29th through the, uh, May 1st, you guys, I'm going to be at the cactus comedy classic in, uh, at the stir crazy comedy club in Arizona. So if people are out in that area and they want to come check out this amazing gathering of comics, it's kind of a, a, a weekend getaway because things are opening up. So it's a good time for us to go share some, some jokes and stuff. And, uh, and then, Obviously, please go on to at Key Lewis is funny on Instagram. Add me, and then just pay attention to what I got going on as I book continually. Uh, shows pop up, and obviously, the guys that were booked before in 2020, they're filling the spots as we go into 2021. But uh, I'm looking forward to the dates that I have. I'm gonna be going out to uh, to um, Egypt and Jordan and Syria in uh, November, just before Thanksgiving. So I'm gonna spend about 20 days out there with our troops, which I love giving back. I'm a veteran, so I love giving back to my brothers and sisters and and the civilian servant as well. So uh, yeah, just please follow us. That's what it's all about. The likes and the and the, and the mm-hmm. follows is, is more important sometimes than, than, uh, than anything. So that's it. And you guys, I'm gonna tell you something, man. Um, you know, from father to father, and I sense a, a good genuine, like even through this, you guys, it is our responsibility and our job to do what we do and, and, and try to love it as most as possible. And I have never, ha- I haven't had a conversation with two dads in quite a while, but keep doing what you're doing, brother. Like, because this is, it's, it's amazing to have a platform where dads can share stories and talk about real life situations because it used to be kind of like, I'm a man, I can't talk about how I feel. And mm-hmm. you guys are doing it. So keep it going, man. That's so dope. Thank so you, brother. Dope. Appreciate it. Guys, Key mm-hmm. Lewis, check him out. All the links will be on the show notes. Key, thank you so much for being here, brother. Be good, man. Hey, gynecology, brother. If you get get your jobs out there, fellas, (laughs) it could change your life. (laughs) Follow follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. (laughs) Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Well. Well. I'm spent. (laughs) That was amazing. Yeah. Key Lewis is a legend, dude. Like he, he, what a talk about like a philosophical comedian or like a comedic philosopher. The dude is a genius. That was incredible.
And that's that's the mark of a smart comedian, man, which is like mm-hmm. the kind of stuff I like you were saying before and, and nothing against that kind of stuff. But like that, you know, that frat humor, because I was into it, too. Like it would come out. And, and oh, yeah. Yeah. I know, loved it. And, I loved and, it. <laughs> and I have nothing against like the Dane Cooks of the world. But like I love I saw Dane Cook twice at the garden. Like, mm-hmm. um, but man, you talk about like the depth of, of some of the stuff that comes out. Like, honestly, man, I I've seen his act a few times, you know, on, on, uh, online and YouTube, on social media, I saw him on Suki and Scott. And so there were a few things that I just loved and I was kind of trying to set him up mm-hmm. for, for to, to knock it out of the park with someone. And he, and then he took a turn and was like, no, I'm going to get deep with something. And was still like, I'm on a floor, like rolling, laughing, but man, did that get deep. So I, I love that. And, and this is, I hope this is the first of many, uh, yeah, Comedy interviews and great interviews that we you talk about fatherhood on the show. Oh, I love this. I love this. Yeah, that, that was that was great. That's exactly what I want to do with the show is to have a good time. But, you know, to, the, I think that it should it should have some substance and talk about I don't know what substance he he brought, but I, I want some of it. That was <laughs> that was incredible. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, thanks for yeah. reaching out to him. That, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. So let's wrap this up, man. I think we're good. All right, man. We'll call well, this episode five. A- yeah, have a pleasant evening, and uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. You too. Feel good. Uh, I know you guys got your vaccines. Like, everybody should do the damn thing. Feel better. I got my my second one coming up soon, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll see you in a couple of weeks, guys. Later. All right. Peace. Do a very, very gentle, slow dance on this one, since we're both spent. Well, a little late. Thanks for tuning into the Over My Dad podcast. Catch us every other Wednesday morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and everywhere podcasts are available. And please do not forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Over My Dad Podcast and on Twitter at Over My Dad Bod CST.